And we're live. Thank you guys for coming once again. Um, so I had some interesting things to talk about this time. Uh, a while back, this is long ago, this is probably a year ago when my channel was a lot smaller than it is now. Um, I was talking, or I interviewed somebody. I interviewed uh, a guest on there. And this guest had some people that didn't like him, right? Some people that were, like, slandering him in the comments. Or I guess it'd be libel. If they're just outright lying about somebody in the comments. And coming at him with zero evidence... And they're coming at him with, like, details, like, deep details that they couldn't have possibly known. And it was just complete lies. Like, none of it was true at all. Like, they were naming the guy's sister. He didn't even have a sister, for all intents and purposes, right? I just find it, like, I find it really fascinating that people will present these present this information as as facts and add more details to it to make it seem more credible when the details are complete lies like it's not true at all none of it is true so here's the question okay what do you do about that when somebody is creating sock accounts is creating fake accounts and just dropping accusations everywhere everywhere they possibly can any to anybody who will listen and the accusations are just complete garbage like none of it's true what do you do about a situation like that think about this situation okay i've heard that you can always counter bad speech with good speech and i have believed that to the core um you can always fix a bad situation with some crazy nutcase like some creationist that believes the earth is 6,000 years old, you can fix that by educating people, showing them that that's not true, showing them that the earth is older than 6,000 years, you know, things like that. But think about this. In World War II, Hitler, demonetized, uh, Hitler <laughs> was, was a demagogue. He was talking about the Jews and how bad they are and how they run the banks and all this other junk, right? That's, that's bad speech. So hypothetically, we should be able to counter that with good speech. What is it? it I mean, it didn't work. We tried countering it with good speech back in 19, between 1930 and 1935, say. Did not work. We had to come in with guns to fix the damage that the bad speech did. So looking back on it now, what, what could I, for example, what could somebody like me have done in Germany in 1935 to try to calm things down and move things in the right direction? I absolutely do not believe in censoring speech in the sense that I, I don't believe in, in jailing people for things they say. Do not believe in that. That is wrong. So how do we handle a World War II type situation where there's a demagogue running the state and the guy is just going crazy, just throwing uh, lie after lie at these people and, and actually getting people to believe it? What do we do in that type of situation? Now, some people may say that there were other factors involved. So if if Germany hadn't been so poor in World War II, then maybe they wouldn't have, you know, maybe if they'd been more educated, if they'd had more food, if they'd had more entertainment, maybe they wouldn't, been, wouldn't have been as willing to find a scapegoat for all their problems. That may be the case, but let's, let's just say that, that, let's say that's true, just for the sake of argument. Let's say that if they were if they had more money, if they had food, it wouldn't have happened. So now I'm coming into the situation. How do I fix it? How do I prevent people from buying into this demagoguery? I think that it's an insanely complicated situation, but 
I have a platform, right? I have a YouTube channel where I talk about things, and a lot of people hear what I say. I think that in my case, if this was like a World War II type situation where somebody had really, really harmful, bad speech, they were talking about how terrible somebody is, I think what I would do is I would rise up the people who had good speech. I would elevate them. I'd lift them up. I would give them my platform to speak. I'd say, tell me about, you know, uh, why this person is a demagogue. Tell me about why this person is doing real harm. Why the Jews aren't bad people. Uh, why this is just complete BS. So I'd start with that. I would, I would, I would elevate them. And on the other hand, I would not elevate the demagoguery. I would not allow it to propagate through my channels. Like I said, I would never jail somebody for speech, period. I don't care what... I would rather deal with the consequences than jail somebody for speech. Because who is the final arbiter of what is good speech and what is bad speech? I don't think that the government should be that arbiter. So, it, it, you know, I just feel like it gets a little bit more complicated than people, than free speech absolutists want to, want to depict. I'm an absolutist in the sense that anybody should be allowed to say anything without being jailed. But I'm not an absolutist in the sense that I, I don't believe that I should be obligated to allow people to use my platform to spread their, their nonsense. And, in, you know, in that same vein, that person that I interviewed forever ago. You know, they, there were a bunch of people going around spreading this BS about him, saying that, you know, he did this thing or that thing and, and, and adding those details about his life in that weren't even true. So what do you do with that? What do you do? I mean, you can't address every single claim going around. You don't even know when people are claiming it. So my solution at the time was to bring him on to talk about this with me to address the the uh the accusations and things like that and so i you know i'm elevating the good speech giving him a chance to respond i'm telling the bad speakers if this is a legitimate accusation you shouldn't be putting it on youtube you should be bringing it to the police and then I'm just removing the comments. Was that the right thing to do? I don't know. I haven't had to deal with this situation again since then. But was that the right thing to do? I mean, tell me. I, I honestly don't know. If I'm faced with this again, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. It seems like the right solution to me at its face. Elevate the good speech. Keep the bad speech off of my platform. I was going through... Um, this website called uscourts.gov. And there are, there are some rules with free speech. Speech isn't always free, even in the U.S., where I think it's probably more free than in most places. So this website says, freedom of speech includes the right, and then it has, uh, what, six bullet points, right? So here are things included in the right to free speech. You have the right to not speak, specifically the right to not salute the flag. West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett. And interestingly enough, I actually knew the, the woman who fought that, that legal battle, Gaithy Barnett. I knew her. She was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, she and her sister fought the legal battle. I don't remember her sister's name now, but yeah. Anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting, so... You have the right not to speak. Then you have the right, there's the right of the students to wear black armbands to school to protest a war. Students do not shed their constitutional rights at the schoolhouse gate. That's Tinker v. Des Moines. You have the right to use certain offensive words and phrases to convey political messages. Cohen v. California. You have the right to contribute money under certain circumstances to political campaigns. Buckley v. Vallejo. And then to advertise commercial products and professional services with some restrictions. Virginia Board of Pharmacy v. Virginia Consumer Council. To engage in symbolic speech. Example, burning the flag in protest. 
Texas v. Johnson. Uh, that burning the flag bit. I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, I didn't grow up with any kind of respect for the U.S. flag or any flag at all, really, because I was Jehovah's Witness. They don't respect any of that stuff. So it's, like, bizarre to me that this is even a legal battle. Like, who cares? Let them burn the thing if they want. Whatever. Um, I, I do know that it's a little bit more complicated than that. I know that it's it's deeper than that now. I understand that. But I am glad to see that, I think it was uh, Scalia. Yeah, he. it was when he was still alive. That was one of his landmark votes on the Supreme Court, was he voted to allow people to burn the flag in protest. And I think that was that, that's really important, the right to do something like that. I, I'm really glad that he voted that way. So anyway, so here are some of the things that freedom of speech does not include. Uh, you do not have the right to incite actions that would harm others. Example, shouting fire in a crowded theater. And then you don't have the right to make or distribute obscene materials. I'm not really sure what would be included under that, but there's uh, a case for it. So there's precedent, Roth v. United States. Then you don't have the right to burn draft cards as an anti-war protest. Okay. I don't know how the draft works exactly. Um, I guess they send you a card telling you that it, you have to come in and sign up. You have to enlist. So you don't have the right to burn that. But you could burn something else symbolically, I guess, as the protest. You don't have the right to permit students to print articles in a school newspaper over the objections of the school administration. Don't have the right to permit students to print articles in a school newspaper over the objections of the school administration. Huh, that's a, a, an oddly specific case. You don't have the, uh, the students don't have the right to make an obscene speech at a school-sponsored event. Huh, that's oddly specific too. Uh, it does not include the right of students to advocate illegal drug use at a school-sponsored event. Yeah, these are all really specific events. Okay. Interesting. Now, as far as this shouting fire in a crowded theater bit goes, let me ask you guys this. Would it be considered um, speech that incites action to harm others? Would that... Would something like what Hitler was saying be considered under that category? What, what Hitler was saying about the Jews being evil and running the world banks or whatever other BS he was saying, I don't even know now. Would that be considered speech that was inciting action that would harm others? Now, I, I don't actually think that this shouting fire in a crowded theater thing, I don't think that is actually in the Constitution. I think that's just some random example that people give every time. It's not actually linked to anything substantial. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the the line is blurrier than people realize. Like, I don't think people should go to jail for this, ever. I don't think that, I think you should be allowed to criticize and say whatever you want about whoever you want, pretty much. But it's not as cut and dry as literally saying anything ever. You know, where is the line between inciting action to harm others and not inciting action to harm others? I, I hate to keep going back to this, but some of the things that Trump says about certain groups of people are harmful. I mean, they're, they're harmful to people. You know, and they, they do incite people to violence uh, on, a, on a certain level. Does that fall under this category, inciting action that would harm others? For example, Trump said, get him out of here. Uh, talking about he was at a, a pro or he was at one of his rallies and there was a protester and he and Trump said, get him out of here. Uh, punch him in the face or something like that. I'll pay the bills. I'll pay the lawsuits or whatever it was. I don't even remember now. Isn't that inciting action that would harm others it seems to me like that is not included under free speech and if it's not should it be i don't know i i just don't think that it's as black and white as people like to make it out nothing is as black and white as people like to make make out it's all really really complicated stuff here's something else to consider so a lot of people call um native alaskan natives they call them eskimos right 
those names are just they're actually incorrect names like calling somebody an indian is incorrect when christopher columbus and and others came to america they thought that they had found a route to india that's what they were shooting for they thought they were going to circle around get to india get some spices and just a shorter route to india for a better you know a better trading route basically and that's why they called them indians where in reality they're actually native americans they're not indians and that is why i call uh that's why i call them native americans and not indians because that's just incorrect and it's the same with alaskan natives and eskimos eskimo was a tribe from the other side of canada it was not from the alaska region the tribe that lived in alaska was inuit not eskimo so calling them eskimos is incorrect they are inuits now if you want to be correct or if you want to be incorrect and call them Indians. If you want to be incorrect and call them Eskimos, fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, just understand that you're wrong about that. That's all. No big thing. But anyway, all right. It goes back to that free speech, say what you want kind of thing. Like, if you want to be incorrect about it, fine. I don't care. Be incorrect. That's totally cool with me. Uh, you shouldn't be jailed for it or any of that stuff. That's just how it is. As many of you know, I haven't really... I haven't spent as much time on the discord as i as i have previously right so i've kind of missed a few questions in the ask telltale channel and so if i figured what i would do is i would actually answer a few here because uh some of them are actually really interesting some of these questions so here's one of them what were you allowed to watch on tv growing up i ask because jehovah's witnesses as well as other fundamentalist religions are known for restricting what you can and can't watch was nickelodeon allowed pbs based on their aversion to sinful programs any sitcom made after 1970 would probably be frowned upon also what about internet were you allowed to use it um as far as tv goes i don't think that tv was banned from every jehovah's witness there were certainly Jehovah's Witnesses out there who were allowed to watch TV, but for me it was banned. I was not allowed to watch TV for like a really, really long time, for like years. But I still snuck and watched it anyways, um, because my mom worked all day and I, I was homeschooling, quote unquote, but not really doing anything. And my dad slept all day because he took medicine for back pain that made him sleep all day. So I watched TV anyways, but if my dad caught me watching TV, then it was a problem. He did not want me to watch TV. Uh, I think that was the result of my, my dad being who he is, not so much Jehovah's Witnesses. So Jehovah's Witnesses are not allowed to watch a lot of stuff. Um, but the, the TV shows that are on now are very different from the TV shows that are on when I was younger. For example, I wasn't allowed to watch Dragon Ball Z. I did watch it anyways. I loved that show. A lot of Jehovah's Witnesses weren't allowed to watch Pokemon. I was. So I was allowed to watch some things, wasn't allowed to watch others. Uh, so a lot of congregations were not allowed to play Pokemon, the games, either. But I did. My congregation seemed to be okay with it. There are a couple of little things here and there where they kind of... You know, there, there's a little give and take with some of the congregations. Generally, they're pretty unified, though. So as far as Internet access goes, back then in, say, the 90s, 2000s, this was in the, mid, the, the early 2000s, mid-2000s, um, I had Internet and I had a computer, but most Jehovah's Witnesses were not allowed on the Internet or on the computer it was seriously frowned upon to, to use the internet at all, let alone use it somewhere out of sight of your parents at any time. I, yeah, I did have a computer, and I had the internet, and I used it any time I wanted, basically. In fact, I had a laptop in my room, an old Windows 95 laptop, IBM piece of junk, but it worked. I mean, I could log in and listen to music and talk on Yahoo Messenger and MSN Messenger and AIM uh, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I was a unique case in many ways. But no, Jehovah's Witnesses were not allowed to use the Internet at the time, really. 
the next question is, would you rather talk to Kent Hovind or Ray Comfort? Um, I Here's the thing. I think that Ray Comfort is more honest than Kent Hovind. I think Kent Hovind is a weasel. I think he's just not a good person, really. I think that he'll do anything he can to sucker idiots out of their money in his own eyes, in his eyes. I think that's how he sees it. He's trying to sucker people, sucker idiots out of their money. Now, you know, I don't think that Christians are idiots at all in any sense. I do not think that. I mean, I was a Christian for years and I was, you know, I'm not an idiot. Um, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm dumb about some things. I've been dumb about other things in the past. Everybody's dumb about something, but I don't think that you're an idiot for being a Christian, period. But yeah, I, I don't trust Kent Hovind. I think he's full of it, and I think he knows he's full of it, and he's just trying to separate gullible idiots from their money in his own eyes. I think Ray Comfort's a little bit more honest, although doesn't come with the best of arguments. I think Kent Hovind's arguments are more cohesive and solid than Ray Comfort's. I don't even know how Ray Comfort got famous. That guy is a piece of work, I'll just say that. But anyways, uh, Crate, you don't have any questions for me, do you? I do not actually have any questions. A couple people uh, had some comments about uh, about free speech. Okay, and let's such, have them. But, uh, yeah. Well, one of them uh, was just clarifying, like um, as far as the violence goes. Yeah. A call to action. Okay, saying I hope Joey dies is legal, but saying. I want you to kill Joey is illegal because it's a direct call to action, assuming it causes damages. Interesting, because uh, it, it says it doesn't say anything about direct or indirect. It just says to incite actions that would harm others. That is what it says. And the case is Schenck versus the United States, 1919. Yeah, that was actually uh, Legalize who made that comment, so uh, you might... Uh, might ask him about it. If he feels it. like okay. talking about it, yeah. All right, interesting. Um, so yeah, that was probably the most interesting comment yeah. that I can recall off the top of my head. So He says that's, that is what I learned from my professor who is a JAG officer. Okay, anyways, uh, I've always dealt with religion directly, like, uh, you know... I've dealt with cults and and oppressive religions more generally. Politics is a lot harder to get a handle on because it's it's more it's almost like it's more opinion based than fact based. With religion, it's like I don't know. With religion, it, it it's pretty cut and dry a lot of the times. Like, you can look at what, what these religions are doing, what these oppressive religions are doing. You can see what they're doing and what they're planning and how they're manipulating people and how they're suckering people. And you can call them out on it easily. I can, at least. I mean, I think most people who have left an oppressive cult can see, can just recognize one like that. Like, it's not an issue for most people who have left these types of religions. But politics is complicated. I see the same kinds of tactics and manipulation in politics as I do in religion. And it makes me sick, really. Though I see those, those manipulations and those shady tactics, when it comes down to it, a lot of this is, a lot of it is opinion. Not all of it. There is some scientific fact to be had. But... It's so complicated to, to get to the root of the issue. I don't understand why this is so complicated. Like, I could change my mind on any political issue tomorrow. That's how shaky the ground is. And, I, you know, I feel like the fact that I'm willing to change my opinion on, on something uh, that quickly and easily, as long as it's fact-based, is a good thing. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be locked into my position. I don't want to be locked in permanently. I don't want to be shut down to hearing criticisms or shut down to hearing the opposing side. I think that that is when we start to fail, is when we just close our eyes and ears and say, nope, this is how it is. Um, so anyways, I don't know. 
I could change my opinion on on any pretty much any political issue tomorrow. Uh, probably not dramatically change it, but at least change it a little bit. It, it's very very complicated. It's a lot more complicated than than religion, I think. I figure what we'll do is we'll move on to guests for the moment. The first guest I have is, um, her name starts with a B. Are you there? Can you hear me? Okay, I'll just mute you for the moment. I'll come back to you in a couple of minutes if we can work that out. But the next person is actually legalized, so are you there? Can you hear me? All right, can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. That's All better. Right. Okay. There we go. So anyways, uh, yeah, about free speech. Uh, you know, before we get into it, um, I've had you on before, right? Yeah, like a couple months ago. So you were a you are currently a Catholic, aren't you? Yes, sir. Very interesting. Okay. What about free speech? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, so, I mean, I feel like a lot of stuff's exaggerated. Um, like, if someone says something that is considered rude by one person, another person might think, oh, well, that's correct. So, like, I feel like, like, the, the Trump example you were giving, yeah. like, I feel like most of the time people say he's violate he, he's uh, calling people to action when he's just saying stuff that sure. he thinks of quickly. Sure. Which I think that's completely different than, uh telling someone to do something like right. i'd be completely against it if he said uh force uh, go out and forcibly take mexicans away but he doesn't say that he right. says you know we want to legally get rid of illegal immigrants you know he just says it he says in it in a ways different that way are, yeah which i don't think is necessarily bad um okay i feel gotcha. like that makes yeah. sense okay so let me ask you this then in the case where for example you've got somebody who is creating fake accounts and going from YouTube video to YouTube video or channel to channel and just posting just complete BS about somebody. What do you do about that? How do you how do you um, solve that issue? Do you ban those accounts as they pop up or do you try to find them and rebut them? What do you do? You uh, well, that's not a uh, that's not really a free speech because it's a private platform. Platform. Sure, sure. That's true. But I mean, it, it, it's good to want to promote free speech on your platform, which is like commendable. Um, I'd say just get rid of them because I mean, that is, uh, if they, it's obvious if they're creating new accounts, they're probably doing it on purpose, correct? Like they're yeah. not just ink. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that would be under the uh, libel. So like legally, they're purposely trying to do something to hurt someone's reputation. So I'd see no, nothing wrong with getting rid of them responding to them they're they're probably just a troll right and uh responding to them is just going to be like hmm if i can get them to do a whole video on it or a whole podcast or whatever they'll just keep doing it yeah that's true um i don't know if you remember that whole better help thing do you remember that whole better help debacle oh yeah that, that was that was kind of funny yeah YouTubers sponsoring things that they don't actually investigate yeah so i I know very little about the BetterHelp situation. All I know about it is I didn't know that there was an issue in the first place until Philip DeFranco responded on his YouTube channel. And then he drew attention to it. Uh, and, and just like a ton of people all of a sudden found out about it and started investigating and then dropped him. You know, so I think that responding to that stuff sometimes does a lot more harm than good. I think the best thing may be to just ignore it most of the time. Um, but what what do you think of the the BetterHelp situation? Speaking of which, uh, with that, it's like the the, pl the whole BetterHelp thing. It's garbage from what I've seen. Um, it's it was basically a a, scam, a legal scam. You know, like fine, uh, like the contract and stuff was like. We're here to work. They say we're here to help people with uh, right. mental issues. And then their contract says they don't have to. Right. So I feel like that's basically just a uh, misleading like marketing, you know, like they marketed it as something. And then their contract says they don't actually have to do the thing that they're specifically uh, marketing it. Right. For. I'm surprised. Like, I wonder if there's I, I feel like that might be illegal because it's like they're advertising for something and then yeah. saying that they don't have to give the thing that they're advertising. I'm not sure if that falls under like. There's right. certain advertising laws. Okay, let me ask you this then. What if they, like I said, I, I know basically nothing about it, so I'm just coming in green. What if they changed their their policies or whatever, or their, what is it, like their terms of service or something? Yeah, I, I think it says that they don't actually have to verify that the 
the uh, therapists are actually therapists. Okay. And stuff like that. I think that was part of it. So what if they and, changed it to say that they do have to? Would you be okay with the the service then, do you think? Uh, well, they also weren't offering support. So, like, they, they mm. didn't have to offer people support. So, like, they'd have to have it where, like, they're guaranteed. And I feel like as a company, they, they can't do that. So that's kind of a sticky uh, situation. Because, oh, like, you can't always guarantee because what if you have too many people for your uh, licensed people? So... I feel right. like it's kind of one of those situations where the problem is in how they had their spo- uh, the people they were sponsoring advertise it. Right. It's like a, this is a great thing, perfect all the time, when really it's it's not perfect for everyone, you know? Right, I've got you. So it was kind of like a case-by-case basis. Like, it probably would have been better if the sponsors had uh, elaborated on in which cases the you know this service would benefit people, rather than just saying... It, it it's helpful all around is that the kind of thing you're getting yeah because i remember i'd see uh i'd i'd see people say this is great and almost everyone sometimes will need like a therapist and stuff like that and not acknowledging that like the volume of people just can't be taken i don't know i feel like they, right. they should have done some the spot pizza the people who were being sponsored should have looked more into it and right. should have just been more open instead of this like you know, no one reads the terms and conditions, really, like, and companies know that and they abuse that, so. Yeah, kind of that's, like, that is true, they it do. Is te- it's people's fault, but it's also their fault for kind of being sketch and hiding things, and yeah. I don't know, it's like Google hides all kinds of shit in their terms, uh, uh, what is it, terms of service, and you can't possibly, literally, you, you there isn't enough time in your life to read all of the terms of service for everything that you use, you know? Yeah, and, and how often it updates. Like, Yeah, um, it, it's absolutely unreasonable to expect people to, to read that stuff, yeah. you know, well, every single I, I time. I think, actually, uh, some a lot of terms and conditions aren't legally binding in some cases. Like, mm. they can't hide in the terms and conditions, you owe me your car. Right. So, like, there, there's, like, it's kind of complicated. Like, they're not end all be all like you can break terms of conditions and it might not be illegal even though you're breaching the contract because like if if an like i think every pe- people have to be able to understand it so if it's in uh, language that average people can't understand like it can't be enforced and certain things like that it can be enforced on certain platforms that like have the terms and conditions but so yeah like misleading people i'm pretty sure you can't like right there is some level of legal protection for it i mean that that that's not so bad then i guess but yeah i do wish that terms of service were a little bit more clear and and concise and and all that that would be nice because it's a complete mess right now do you remember a while back when i think it was like who was it it was um it was some game maybe GameStop put something in their terms of service where uh, everybody who made a purchase at that store for that day, for a single day, they owed GameStop their soul or something like that. Um, I do not remember that. Okay, I need to find it. I need to I need to find this. Okay, yeah, here it is. Um, okay, this is a Fox News article. I suddenly don't really trust it, but actually it's being reported by like a bunch of different... And that's not really a, like, I feel like you could probably just, just read it here. They just, they kind of put it into troll people. I mean, obviously you don't owe anybody your soul, but yeah. Yeah, it was uh, 7,500 online shoppers unknowingly sold their souls. So everybody who made a purchase at this company for that day. um, By placing an order via this website on the first day of the fourth month of the year 2010, you agree to grant us a non-transferable option to claim for now and forevermore your immortal soul. GameStation, that was the company. I think that's that's great that's kind of amusing i mean i of course i don't really believe in souls and even if i did i don't think that i would accept that as legally binding in god's eyes but yeah that, that that's funny though yeah I, it I, is I'm pretty funny i didn't hear about the when, yeah was it, was it 2010 though that was 2010 yeah that was uh damn near nine years ago god i'm old yeah <laughs> i was 10 years old so right. like <laughs> uh that, that's pretty interesting but yeah man i appreciate you coming on and talking to me it's been interesting All right, I'll be sure not to sell my soul. All right, I'll talk to you next time. 
Yeah, you never know. Maybe you'll sell your soul and you won't even realize it. Maybe you'll sign some terms and conditions and somebody will just own your soul from that moment on. I bet that makes like every Christian from here to Texas read the terms and conditions from now on. <laughs> but like I said, I'm sure God would understand if he were real, you know. He's not going to give Game Station your soul. Seriously. Uh, whatever. Anyways. Uh, okay, let's give uh, Bulateo a shot again. Let's see if we can get her on. Are you there? Can you hear me? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's up? <laughs> not much. I have not had you on the podcast before, have I? No, you haven't. So tell me about like your history. Like, What, what religion did you grow up as? Well, um, before I was 10, there wasn't really any specific religion mm. uh, that I grew up as. Um, like, I might pray before bed, but that's about as, as much religion as I had. Right. Okay. So what, like, what denomination was it? Was it like Methodist or Baptist or none in particular? None in particular. And, mm. uh, Interesting. Until I turned 10. So what happened at 10? Um, my mom got really ill and, mm. um, she almost died. And mm. when she came back, she was certain that, uh, She'd had a, an experience with God, and she thought I could benefit from church. Mm. So she sent me with my grandma to um, the Church of Christ. And until about, I think I was 19, I was going to the Church of Christ. The Church of Christ. So how extreme was it for you? Because I know that the, the Church of Christ is pretty serious about not using instruments and things like that. So how extreme was the Church of Christ that you went to? In my experience, it wasn't super extreme. Um, no, I they mean, weren't we, super extreme? Uh, not as far as I can tell. I mean, we didn't use instruments for worship, but there were people there that um, sold instruments. <laughs> oh, wow. And played instruments and things like that. So we didn't use uh, instruments to worship. But Okay, so they weren't super extreme for you. Um, it was just no. about worship. Like you weren't allowed to, to worship with no. instruments, which in itself is no. kind of strange, uh, but, yeah. but doesn't really affect your everyday life outside of the church at the very least. So that's a plus. No. So what other kinds of things did they do that you recognize as kind of outside of mainstream Christianity? Like, for example, with Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't... You're with me, right? I didn't lose you, did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So, for example, with Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't salute the flag. They don't say the Pledge of Allegiance. Or with the Church of Christ, they, you know, they don't use instruments while they worship, that kind of thing. Were there any kind of other weird little things they did like that? I'm not sure. I haven't had a lot of experience in other churches. Mm, right. Okay. I can understand that. Me either. It's actually <laughs> like against the rules to go to another church service for Jehovah's yeah, Witnesses. So, but anyways, yeah, that's really crazy. Um, so how do you feel about religion more generally now? Like, would you consider yourself it. an atheist or would you? I'd consider myself sort of spiritual, but not, um, not religious. Really? Spiritual? Sort of. Yeah. Interesting. Do you want to elaborate? Like, how so? It, do you have, like, just this kind of sense of wonderment and awe for the universe? Is that kind of thing, or...? <laughs> I don't know if I want to elaborate on that. You um, sure? Because it sounds interesting. <laughs> um, like, I believe in spirits and souls, but I don't believe in... Um, in God. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's about where Crate was when she was like 15 or something. She kind of believed in spirits and good and evil and things, but, and, and maybe even she believed in God. I don't know. It's on some level, but what is it that, so what do you think these spirits are then? Like, what do you think, if you don't necessarily believe in God, what are these spirits? Are they, did they come from God or... What's the deal with them? Um, I don't know. Um, and I what makes kind of you like... think they exist, too? What is it that kind of brought you to that conclusion? Well, uh, like I feel like, I don't know. Um... I think that when I was younger, I had some kind of a passing belief in spirits. Like, this is after I left Jehovah's Witnesses. I kind of believed in spirits. 
Um, and I, you know, when I was younger, I had just this serious belief in Satan and demons. I didn't really believe in ghosts so much as demons. I thought that they were demons that were coming to mess with me and things like that. I was going to say I have the opposite um, feeling, sort of. I don't believe in Satan or demons like that, um, but I do kind of believe in ghosts. Right. Okay, so you're probably where I was, like, I don't know, a year after I left Jehovah's Witnesses. I, You know, I remember when I left, it was kind of like I... So I had these demonic dreams, like reasonably frequently these dreams about just demons just i don't know killing me or some just messing with me and i heard my brother had dreams similar to this right and he was under the assumption that he was having these dreams because he wasn't a jehovah's witness anymore if he went back to meetings then he wouldn't be vulnerable to satan's attacks or whatever well over time i end up um like, I, I kind of started to get over these dreams a little bit. And I remember I was about, I think I was 26. So this is probably a few years, two, three years ago, maybe. Uh, I was, I, I had this dream where I, I don't know, like I'd look in the mirror and it wouldn't be me looking back. There would be somebody else looking back at me. And just I kept seeing these really messed up crazy things and my mind was understanding it to be demons. And then I kept thinking to myself in this dream, I was like, wait a minute, none of this is real. Like demons aren't real. I know that demons aren't real. This is all made up. And from that moment on, it turned into aliens instead of demons. And the aliens <laughs> were like trying to record me and I kept finding microphones hiding behind stuff in, you know, in the dream. And uh, from that moment on, I just didn't, I never had another, like, demonic dream, never had any more fears or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like a breakthrough moment in my, my, my psychological growth where I just realized that, that I didn't need to fear this stuff anymore. So you, you, you still kind of believe in spirits and stuff then. Is that fair to say? What do you think would change your mind on it? Is there anything that would change your mind? I don't think so. I mean, not at the moment. Just because of, like, the experiences you've had and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, we'll see. We will see where where time takes us. I bet eventually you'll, you'll, you'll start questioning that belief. But anyway, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. It's been pretty interesting. Uh, you can actually come back on any time, because so, you're a patron of mine, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, so come back on and talk to me again, okay? All right. All righty. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I've been talking about getting her on the podcast for like a really long time. I'm surprised that she made it back on finally. Okay. Uh, the final person I wanted to speak with was Baphomet Babe. Um, are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Okay. I tried to catch a... Well, I can't, it's a brand name. Um, I tried to take a sip of Physician Capsaicin before you got to me, and I just didn't make it in time. Physician Capsaicin. <laughs> I don't want to get you demonetized because I said the brand name. I was just thinking earlier you said demonetized too. This this the podcast that it's not actually monetized at all. So we're in good shape. Oh, okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Okay, um, in that case, um for those who didn't catch the joke, it's Dr. Pepper. Right, Dr. Pepper. Okay, 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 okay. I've got it. I did not catch the joke, so Yeah, but, physician uh, is another word for doctor, and then capsaicin is the active ingredient in pepper, pepper that makes it spicy. Right, okay, that makes more sense. But anyways, yeah, I um, it's not demonetized. It's actually up for review right now for monetization. But I just did a video. Well, good luck on, with that. Well, yeah, I just did a video on ISIS like last week. So yeah, <laughs> not holding my breath. Who knows? Who knows? I was actually when I was watching that, I was currently living with my grandfather because my yeah. dorm over Thanksgiving break closed. Oh, so I had to go home. Right. So I was actually at my grandfather's place, like, trying, the, like, he's half deaf, so I wasn't really worried about him overhearing, but I was like, I wonder what my grandfather would think if he heard me listening to videos about ISIS. <laughs> oh, I know, right? That would be so crazy. Um, yeah, the, the sound on that video wasn't super top-notch, because I had just moved my desk around, uh, like, to the other side of the room, and now I'm just, just now getting things evened out, getting the sound fixed and things so i think it sounds i hope it sounds a lot better than it did last week but anyway 
I um, think so. I understand that there was a story you wanted to tell. Is that accurate or no? Um, I have a couple of stories. It depends. Do we want to go a story for my family, a story for a and d campaign that I'm going after, or the one that I referenced in the Discord? Well, I'll tell you what. I have never played Dungeons & Dragons before. Um, I At some point, I would like to. So let's let's have that story, and I'll ask questions about it as we go. All right. Uh, we actually haven't started the campaign yet, but my DM has uh, for, has extended an invitation to DM you. DM is Dungeon Master, right? Yes, it is. Okay, okay, got you. Um, we actually haven't started the campaign yet. We're still planning out our characters. Right. And my personal favorite character is not the one that I uh, wrote up. One of my friends is playing as a half-orc paladin. Where a paladin is kind of a religious class. I personally don't know much about it. This is the first campaign that I'm a part of. But his backstory is that he was actually kicked out of his um, his monastery because a tome fell on his head, and it made him forget his god, wow. so that he doesn't know what god he worships, but he still worships a god. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so just to clarify a little bit, so Dungeons and Dragons, that was actually a forbidden game for Jehovah's Witnesses, so I, that's that part of the That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that's partly why I don't know anything about it. Um so you basically, correct me if I'm wrong here, you write up this story that you want to play out, right? Yep. And then you, you're faced with choices, and then you roll dice to see if those choices are fulfilled? You or? can, and I actually happen to have my character sheet on hand if you'd like to look at it. Okay, well, yeah, sure. I mean, you can send that thing over. So how does it work exactly? Like, what is this game? What is this thing? It's a role-playing game where the dungeon master has a story that he'll take you through. And again, okay. I haven't played, so I have no on-hand experience. Okay, are these erotic stories? Or are these Typically regular? not. Okay, okay, I mean, you... Regular stories. You have a charisma stat, so I guess if you had a high enough charisma <laughs> and you wanted to, you could seduce an NPC okay. or maybe even another player. Okay. So how does it go? <laughs> like, how do you play the game? Um... Basically, he just it goes through, like, the game would start, okay, uh, say you, you're in a pub, or in, I guess in that case, a tavern, and you right. come across other players, and you meet up, and you go on missions. Right, okay. Interesting. Here, I'm actually digging up my character sheet to kind of show you how those lay out. Okay, that's cool. Uh, let me see. While you're doing that, what was the other story that you were going to tell me from the oh. Discord? We mentioned something about PC and how, you know, free speech. It was during the free speech oh, conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And during that, uh, we got to talking about like, oh, you know, um, it was not what you were saying, but people were like, oh, well, so, you know, saying names and stuff. Is that mm -hmm. free speech and all that? Mm -hmm. Reminded me of my high school. Um, the high school I went to, our mascot was the Indian. Okay, and right. The year before I attended that high school, it was homecoming, and our rival brought a sign that said, we'll send you home on the Trail of Tears. Wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That is nuts. All right. I just posted my character sheet in okay, the text channel. I see it. Okay. Hang on. Okay. I think I got it. Uh, you know what? Let me just... Let me move... Is it okay if I move it over for the, everybody to see, or should yeah, I leave it fine. off? Yeah, that's fine. Go okay. ahead. All right. Cool. Uh, this is the... This is the character sheet. I don't know what any of this means. Um, if you just want to walk through it, I can okay, more or less so tell you what I know about it. This says, uh, wait a minute. Let me actually just zoom in because it's kind of tiny. A little itty bitty thing here. All right. So it says, we've got class level, background, player name, race, alignment, and experience points. Um, what is a moon elf? It is a breed of elf. It falls under the high elf. Okay. It's really just kind of, it's a, it's you think of an elf in a D&D &D context. So, you know, pointy ears, really tall, right. skinny, that kind of character. And she has white skin and like blue hair. It's just very thematic to nighttime, great for stealth. Okay, interesting. Uh hoards slash hides food and valuables, fiercely loyal to who can provide me the most benefit and impish. 
Because if you notice the urchin background, uh, she grew up on the streets, and that's covered in the backstory, if you want to read through that. Right, backstory, okay. Uh, where is the backstory? I don't see it here. Um, if you scroll down a little bit, it should be on like the second or third page. Okay, okay, I got it. I found myself on the streets at about 50 after becoming restless in typical elvish communities, looking for my own naive interpretation of high society and quickly fell into step with the local thieves' guild, where my elvish dexterity found me to be one of the most successful uh, cut purses in the guild. I earned the nickname Shadow. Is that right? Shadow? Yeah, Shadow. Shadow, okay, Shadow. My true name, in elvish, means childlike and describes me accurately. I prefer playing pranks and causing a little bit of chaos to organized crime, typically only resorting to the latter out of necessity or benefit to myself. I have a soft spot for animals, particularly small ones. I own a small brown mouse named Kirtha. Oops, I'm sorry. Ignore that. Named and that's actually a joke because uh, in D&D you have different languages. Kirtha is a gnomish word for the act of making cheese. So Aww. quite literally, my mouse's name is Cheese. Oh, okay. Which I saved. So I own a small brown mouse named Kirtha, which I saved. The mouse stays tucked in a pocket or under my clothes unless I can use it as a tool in my exploits. I also carry the corpse of a sprite in a glass bottle that I stole off an elven politician and have an odd notion that the wealthy and reputable carry around dead things. I picked up adventuring after street life got a bit dull and repetitive. I'm looking for a change of scenery in my path to riches more than glory, though it is, not, though it is a nice bonus. I'm just along for the ride and looking to raise a little hell. Okay, interesting. So that's the backstory, huh? Yep, and this is my first character, so this is just kind of thrown together while reading through the player's handbook and all that. Right, okay, so you've never played this game before recently either, then? I have not. Okay, well, one of these days, I do intend to play it at some point. I've got a bunch of friends who play it, and I really need to get in, like, a voice chat or something and... Well, anyway, it's been cool having you back on. I appreciate you coming on and uh, and talking to me. No problem. All right, I'll talk to you next time, okay? All right, bye. Yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I really don't know much about uh, about Dungeons and Dragons, but but it's pretty cool.